Welcome in everyone to the Lucky Bets podcast, Lucky Shots podcast, Lucky Bets episode here with Dylan Corbett. Uh, another kind of just rocky week, whether it was uh, the actual scores of the games, whether it was your fantasy lineups. Mm. I finally got my first win, but um, hey. I'm in six leagues and I am one in five. So it's not a hot start to fantasy, but we're going to turn that around this week. Gonna hop right in with the lines for this week. I didn't really fall in love with any of the lines. Uh, I do got one that I like, but I'm I'm smashing more of the overs and unders this week. Sure. So the one I'm going to start with, the only line that I do like is Detroit and Minnesota. Detroit sitting at plus 200. We just kind of talked about uh, Amon Ross St. Brown before the show. I'm I'm liking the way that they're playing. Not saying that uh, Detroit, I'm not saying it's their year, but they're playing pretty good football and a lot of players on that team really playing well. So I like Detroit in that game plus 200 and the spread is also six. So I believe it could be a close game, could be inside of that spread, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, uh, you know, that was a coin flip game for me on Monday night. Vikings fans were getting hyped for it. And of course it was, uh, you know, sports talk radio. The fan line was in full effect uh, after that dud against Philly uh you know Philly they look legit they faced that Lions team went on to win uh commanders got humbled certainly by the Lions so yeah two and oh against the number for Detroit um Vegas telling you something right here where they're <laughs> Minnesota why you're going wait a second we just all watched that on Monday how are how are the Vikings minus six I'll give you it's the same thing for what they did with the Patriots this past weekend Steelers they were favored we're all going what the heck uh, they ended up that number closed at minus three Patriots. So if you got it early, you cashed. I think it's another thing here where everyone's flocking to the Lions because they're going, what the hell's going on? Viking Stadium is a real tough place to play. I like just going to games there, even if I don't have a rooting interest because it's that great of an atmosphere, not a bad seat in the house. And Vikings fans, Minnesota fan base is so tepid. They're willing to throw out, you know, if they were in Philly, they would get crucified all week. They're willing to throw out that loss. They're still going to pack the house, support them here at home, and I think it could be a bounce back for the Vikings. So that's my only kind of, uh, you know, word of wariness for maybe the Lions bet. But who knows? Yeah, Detroit's been absolutely solid this year. Yeah, there's not a um, big confidence line right there, but it was the only one that I saw that was favorable in my direction. I am going Detroit this week in normal picks as well, so uh, – just gonna gonna try to ride that, but let me smash the overs and unders here. Uh, I've got four of them. Cincinnati yep. versus the Jets. Give me over forty five and a half. That, that's where it's sitting right now. I think it's a bounce back week for Cincinnati, and I don't think their defense can stop anybody. And Joe fucking Flacco apparently is a quarterback. So uh, g- give me the over there. Give me the under in the Green Bay Tampa Bay game. It's sitting at forty two. Tampa Bay's offense hasn't, you know, put up a whole lot of points and their defense doesn't allow a lot of points. We've already kind of seen a stinker from Green Bay offensively uh, in week one. They did kind of get that back this past week, but it was against Chicago. So uh, I I like the under for that game. I think it's going to be a defensive battle. Hopefully Tampa Bay finally gets something figured out offensively. It's getting kind of ridiculous. Uh, Then the Cowboys and the Giants. The over-under sitting at 39 and a half. Give me the over. I'm going to go ahead and take the over. Uh, Cooper Rush didn't 
look terrible for Dallas. Uh, they do have quite a bit of weapons. The Giants are starting to like kind of play football. So right. I think they'll score a bit uh, and 39 and a half. You're sitting at like a 20 to 23 game that gives you the, gives you the over there. So I like that. And then the last one, Cleveland and Pittsburgh, uh, it's, it's a riskier one, but it's 38 and I'm going to go the over on that as well. Um, not, not necessarily, uh, confident of either team scoring, but Pittsburgh's defense didn't look all that great last week without TJ Watt, like I thought they would. So, uh, give me the over there. Yeah, I like it. I'll just kind of quickly recap uh, some of the interesting things from last week and then run through some lines that popped out to me this week. Miami had no business covering, uh, let alone winning that game. You know, that's the shocking underdog upsets from this past week. I think we're crazy, like no business. I wasn't even thinking about how Nick Chubb was like, yeah, I lost the game by scoring that touchdown because it opened the door. They could have just need it. You know, fantasy owners, I think we're fine with him scoring that. Uh, but yeah, it ended up the Jets cashing as underdogs. Crazy. Uh, Tampa, another boring win, but they get it done. Uh, I, the Colts. I mean, you're texting me. I, everyone's hating me because they think I, <laughs> me jumping on the Colts bandwagon, I'm cursed. So I immediately just soiled that team. They look dreadful. They look dreadful. I think Pitt, as soon as I saw Pittman Jr. go out, I was like, you know, something's up here. This is going to be terrible. I didn't think it would be that bad. My God. Uh, mentioned the Patriots, Lions. Yeah, Giants 2-0, and but they've beaten the Titans in Carolina. Uh, you know, Atlanta somehow keeps on covering. Uh, Jimmy G all of a sudden. I told you, death taxes and Cooper Rush. Uh, Bengals, Super Bowl hangover a little bit uh, in uh, full effect there. All right, yeah, so let's just run through this week here quickly. Let's not touch the Colts line, but. The Chiefs are so public. They're 2-0 against the number. Indianapolis is 0-2. It's the first home game for Matt Ryan for the Colts. I'm just saying, again, I'm not, <laughs> I've am not. i watched this team with you guys. I'm, there's nothing to believe in here. But if you want a trap game, it's everyone falling into that one, potentially for Survivor. Yeah, Cleveland favored against P- Pittsburgh? Like, you know, both these teams I don't think are good, but the line is moving towards Cleveland and the public's on Pittsburgh. So keep an eye on that game. That could be like a shock Cleveland Coast winner. Um, I think Baltimore-New England is going to be a great game. Um, do we give New England a little bit more credit? Uh, you know, what did you make of, because now we've kind of seen these two teams face each other as where the, you know, the Dolphins look good against the Patriots. And maybe that loss for the Patriots doesn't look so bad anymore because they come in and beat the Ravens. Then all of a sudden, hey, that's a one and no Steelers team that the Patriots came in and ground out a victory. What do you make of maybe the AFC East there? Uh, it's, I think the Patriots are still probably the three in that division. Uh, just seeing what happened week one, it just didn't look good. They looked better this week. Um, but I'm still not going to trust in New England until there's like a decisive, they just played a good game of football because I still haven't seen a week of them playing just good football yeah, on both sides. So uh, I'm not going to overreact and say that they're terrible, but uh, I, I'm going to wait and see how the next few games go and, because it's hard. I, you know, coming out of college, I thought Mac Jones was going to be the best rookie quarterback out of that class. Yeah. Uh, so we're just going to have to wait and see. You know, he, he's 
still progressing. Yeah, definitely. So an intriguing game there. Uh, my official plays here, I'm going to go with the Bears in a bounce back. Texans are 2-0 and against the number. Bears are 1-0 at home. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be everyone saw. They always stink against Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is their father. I think they come home. Uh, and they get it done and kind of keying in and minus two and a half for the bears at home. You just need a field goal victory. So I like that. And then I'll go with your Broncos. I've been kind of crapping on them all year long. Uh, you as well have kind of, you know, realized, Hey, you know, is Russ the answer? You're not as a fan liking what you're seeing so far, but I hope you will this Sunday because I think everyone's loving Jimmy G uh, Jimmy G's back. The coast over the Seahawks, the Seahawks obviously beat Denver. So everyone's, you know, pinpointing everything to say it's going to be the 49ers i say not so fast i think mile high stadium plays at night uh the altitude i think is going to get to jimmy g who didn't really have a full starters camp you know so maybe uh him getting back into the altitude there i'll take denver as the home underdog spot there again i'm not a believer in the 49ers i think that was a flash in a pan and a letdown spot coming up bounce back for the broncos to ground out the victory but didn't cover Honestly, I I was excited to see what the Niners would look like with Trey Lance. We didn't get to see really any of that. He had a shit game to play in week one, got hurt week two. But I honestly like I like the 49ers better with Jimmy G at this point. I, they at least have an offensive identity with him in there. Um, and then with the Broncos, I don't think it has anything to do with the players. I don't think it's Russ. I don't think he's the problem. I don't think any of the players are the problem. It's the head coach. It's the play calling. It's fucking not getting a play in until you have 10 seconds on the play clock. I don't know what's so hard about just, I'm not an NFL coach, but you can at least get the play in soon enough to run the play and not have to either take a delay a game or a timeout. That happened so much last week along with just shitty play calling as it was. I don't think it's the Broncos players. It's the coaching staff, which is terrifying because that's not something you can really work with. And they're brand new. Yeah. Um, and to your 49ers point, I kind of said on my podcast this week, it's like, were 49ers fans almost relieved? You know, you never want to root for an injury, but it's like, at least you know what you're getting with Jimmy G. With Trey Lance, there was a question mark where it's like, wait, how bad could this be in the super small sample size that we had? Again, which we can't really draw much conclusion from. Unfortunate start for Lance's career. He's not going to be playing football for like the last three years. Um, and then, uh, yeah, to your point here with the uh, – I saw an interesting article on The Ringer, which was like, okay, the Broncos head coach, who they kind of brought in to try and lure Aaron Rodgers – was that, you know, was that they didn't get Aaron, Aaron Rodgers and now you're stuck with a guy that's having trouble, you know, even being a head coach for the first time, it appears in two games. Um, hopefully he gets a, a big time dub this weekend and I'm sure you as a fan would enjoy that. But yeah, questions to raise certainly early on. Yeah, Cause I mean, I, w- I would be happy about the win this week, but it looked fucking terrible against Houston. Right. So yeah, uh, not encouraging. Can't, yeah. Can't be too excited. All right. So let's hop into DFS. I've decided that Dylan and I are going to go head-to-head in DFS every week. Let's do it. As of right now, we are one and one. Yeah, you had took, to crush me last week, right? I, I took. I didn't crush it. I only beat you by like six points. So okay. pretty close. Uh, so sitting at one and one right now. Going to start out with my quarterback for the week. I just talked about him in lines. 
Give me Jared Goff at quarterback for 5,800. Projected 15.6 going against Minnesota, who, uh, and I believe Jared Goff had 26 points last week. Was the quarterback nine? Yeah, I can no, get sounds about anywhere right. Anywhere close to a quarterback 10 for 5,800, and I'm able to stack up the rest of my team the way I did. I'll take that every single day. Yeah, I uh, so Stafford was he was fine, you know, didn't really do anything major for my lineup last week. I had some late lineups where I threw in Daniel Jones, and it's like that was a complete dud. So I'm going a little bit safer for my official lineup this time. Give me Mahomes, almost a little hedge to my fandom there because he's going to absolutely destroy the Colts. Either the Colts are going to win outright or they're going to lose 49 to three. Uh, and in that case, Mahomes is throwing seven touchdowns. So, yeah, Mahomes, uh, he's like the third most expensive quarterback. So it's like, all right, you know, I'll take maybe the best quarterback on the field right now in the NFL for a third of the price there or, the, you know, third to highest price. So I'm going the safe play there at quarterback. Running back, I'm going with um, – I don't, I don't really like my running backs. But I like the upside for the first guy with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. 6,300, only projected 11.8, going against Indy. But he's the running back five so far this year, averaging 19.1 points against a defense that we thought was good going into the year. They haven't been. Players have been able to score points, and Clyde sitting at 19.1 in the first two games. Go ahead and take him. And then my second running back pick, I absolutely hate I'm off this guy on fantasy all the time, but he's looking pretty damn good. Miles Sanders sitting at 5,500, projected 13.4 against Washington. Uh, Last week had 15.1 points, 88 rushing yards. That was it. But, you know, let's get a little more. Maybe he gets a touchdown this week. Really riding on hopefully getting a touchdown with that stat line. Uh, Put him up in the 20s somewhere. And then if you look at uh, Washington's defense, they gave up 19.1 week one to James Robinson. They gave up 16.7 last week to DeAndre Swift. Let's let's get Miles Sanders in there for a 15-plus point game. I like that as my play. To your uh, Colts point, that's what's so frustrating is, you know, Matt Ryan's looked terrible, but it's like this was supposed to be his best offensive line in his career. They can't keep him upright. Uh, you know, he all of a sudden he's throwing to Atlanta's targets again, where you know Pittman Jr. was out, but Mo Ali Cox can't bring in a touchdown. Paris Campbell can't get open for one target. Uh, you know, and the defense. This was supposed to be a great defense. Matt Ryan can't do anything about that. It's been so frustrating. Um, give me regular season Lenny, uh, Leonard Fournette. Something's up with Tom Brady, and Fournette's been feasting off of that. They're just handing off to him. Um, so hopefully he keeps getting points. There, Green Bay, Tampa Bay is going to be a very intriguing matchup. I I hate this. You know, I don't feel confident about this, too, but he's got the Texans coming in. I'll go Montgomery, kind of hoping that uh, same thinking as yours. Uh, he gets a 70-yard game and a touchdown uh, and get 15 points in the door there for 5,900. I don't, I don't mind those. But this is where I absolutely spent a majority of my budget uh, saving money with Jared Goff. Give me Jamar Chase, 30-point week, week one. Kind of a dud last week. He was 8,100, projected 17.5 this week, going against the Jets. Mm -hmm. If there was ever a game for the Bengals to bounce back and for 
Jamar Chase to have a huge game. It's got to be this game. He already has a 30-point game, like I said. The Jets gave up a 21.4-point uh, week to Devin Duvernay in week one, 25 last week to Amari Cooper. Washed up Amari Cooper. Give me the young Jamar Chase, 10 targets, 100-some yards, touchdown, maybe two. Uh, I'm definitely spending up there. Then he's been on, I think, my DFS every single week. We keep talking about him. Amon Ross St. Brown, 7,200. He's projected 17 and a half as well against Minnesota. He had 20 and a half points in week one against Philly, 39 and a half last week against uh, Washington. So give that guy to me. Wide receiver four on the year, averaging almost 30 points. Going to be a huge week again this week, I believe, for him. And then my final wide receiver, kind of riding the, riding the wave of Curtis Samuel. 5,100, yeah. projected 12.9 against Philly. He's a wide receiver eight so far, has a 21-point average, uh, has 20 targets through two games, so I like that. And he's turned it into 15 catches and a touchdown both week one and week two. So hopefully continue to ride that wave. I spent up as well. I've got a big bounce back for Justin Jefferson at home against the Lions. Um T Higgins was solid coming back from injury, you know, 6,100. I think you could expect against a weak Jets secondary, hopefully 15, maybe an upside of 20. Again, depending on how many targets, again, go back Chase's way. Uh, you never can, you know, it's one week, one thing for the Patriots at running back and receiver. It's the next thing the next week. So Aguilar went off this week. I'm going to go Jacoby Myers this week, uh, 5,000. Those are my three receivers. Yeah, both of us in that third receiver option. Uh, going with a guy that it could be their week. Yeah. It could be any of the other couple of receivers on that team's week. So be interesting to see how that turns out. At tight end, got him for the cheap, and I kind of like it. Irv Smith Jr. projected only 6.6 against Detroit, but uh, he had five catches for 36 yards and a tutty last week for 14.6 points against Philly. Give, give him those same amount of targets. I think he got eight targets. I like that. Hopefully get a touchdown, you know, steal maybe one of those touchdowns from Jeff, Justin Jefferson on your lineup. Uh, mm. And he's relatively cheap at 3,100. So, Well, too bad for you. I've got him in my lineup as well, uh, Irv Smith. Uh, that's what's funny is he got – he had zero. He had a goose egg in week one, and then, yeah, they couldn't not find him as I was watching that game on Monday. So I've got him in there too. I'm utilizing the uh, double tight end here for tight end and flex. Irv Smith's in my flex. I've got Logan Thomas again. Just give me a good 10 at a weak position. You know, they're looking to him. Oh, in my flex, uh, you've got <sighs> – this is this is a hope for all my other fantasy lineups as well. Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Guy's gotten 22 targets in the first two weeks, but is only averaging uh, like 10 points or something like that. He had 15 in the first week, which is a solid line. He's the obvious number one guy for that team. They're giving him targets. He's just not making the most of them. And to his credit... They haven't been the best targets. Yeah. But uh, it's got to be his week. 5,800 going against Chicago, projected 14.7. So just for the love of God, let him get (laughs) eight to nine catches somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 yards and a touchdown. He's due. He is due for that stat line. I'm hoping it is this week. 
And the uh, Broncos defense, certainly no slouch either. I mean, I, I'm sure Sertan was kind of following them around. Uh, Bengals. Early in the game. Right, true. Bengals, yeah. uh, I think, were both of our picks last week and kind of backfired, right? It was all right. Uh, I'll go Seahawks this time. I, I don't think Atlanta is going to do much, even though, you know, the, a lot of their touchdowns last week was in garbage time, like punt block, like weird stuff was happening. I think the Seahawks will get something going against Mariota. Let me spend up again. Whoa. Going with a defense that is absolutely stifling, and they have to be because the offense is being piss poor. But give me Tampa Bay for 3,100. Again, they're going against Green Bay. They're averaging as a defense. 18 and a half points a game. They are killing it. Um, in week two, uh, or not just kidding over the season, four interceptions, 10 sacks. They've got a touchdown, uh, defensive touchdown, and they had 25 points last week. Green Bay's offense is shaky. Sure. They look good against Chicago. They didn't look good against, uh, Minnesota. Nope. So I'm going to expect, like I said, I'm going to think it's a defensive struggle game. I think that they get to Rodgers quite a few times, probably pick him off, hopefully get another touchdown, a defensive pick six, something like that. But I'm I'm putting it all in on a few players uh, in this lineup. Really want to beat you by at least more than six because it it was pretty stressful putting together the numbers last week (laughs) yeah looking forward to it so uh one and one this week uh to see you can jump out in front early season yes sir now we'll get into prop bets which we are also going to do head to head as well both of us went five and one week one yeah we were sitting pretty tight there last week absolutely atrocious for me (laughs) you killed it you had you went five and two uh one of our lines was on uh, Michael Pittman. So that oh, one yeah. was just a scratch. Uh, five and two for you, two and five for me. Okay. Ouch. <laughs> Tough. Uh, so we're sitting at you're 10 and three. I'm seven and six. I got to make up some ground on you with these. We're going to go with the first prop Tom Brady or Russell Wilson. More fantasy points this week. Brady had 9.4 last week against Green Bay. Wilson had 11.6. Uh, and Brady's going against Green Bay. Wilson is going against San Fran. I think both teams and quarterbacks will win, but Tampa knows how to win without Brady doing anything. I think it's a big game for Russ. He finally has a good showing uh, in front of the home crowd. I'll go Wilson. Yeah, I, I just said I need to make up ground, but I, it's until this offense for Tampa Bay starts doing something, it's going to be hard to bet on Brady, which is tough because he's one of my fantasy quarterbacks. Of Same. course, the one year that I finally am like, okay, I'll draft him. doesn't do anything. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I got to go Wilson there as well. We're going to go Tua next. Had a huge, huge week two. Higher or lower, two and a half touchdowns, passing touchdowns against Buffalo. Bro, I'm turning into a believer. I'm going to grill both of us on my podcast because we were both, you know, two and on. We were uh, we were not believers. And I think Tyreek Hill gives, the, I mean, they, they were wide receiver one and two on the same team. Um, you know, there's something going on with an offensive coach now to, uh, you know, I got to ride the Tua train all of a sudden. I'll go over. Uh, I mean, had it not been for Stephon Diggs, those two would have, been top two with 11 catches over 150 yards and two touchdowns uh absolutely huge game for them it's against buffalo's defense i just talked Mm -hmm. up tampa bay's defense buffalo's defense is even worse 
Uh, I got to go lower. No. I think he'll get two, not <laughs> two and a half. I don't think he'll get three. So uh, Buffalo's defense is just too stifling. It's going to be a good game if Miami can compete the way they did last week. But Buffalo is just showing the entire league oh. we are better than you. And there is a reason we are the Super Bowl favorites for the whole year. I'm excited about this game. I'll give you a bonus take because, yeah, Bills look great, but it's like, wait a second, what did the Rams just do versus the Falcons? Okay, Titans look real bad now. Um, I, I'm starting to believe in the Dolphins all of a sudden. I thought they had no chance against the Ravens. No, Every team would have walked out of there and just took the L. They came back and win it. Miami in September is a hot, humid place to play. Division game. I think the Dolphins get this on or at least keep it close. The line's interesting, too, plus four and a half. But yeah, just, all right, we'll see here with Tua. Just keep in mind with Tua, he only had two touchdowns before the fourth quarter and they were playing catch up. Yep, good point. No, that number's interesting at two and a so, half. So, I mean, we'll we'll see. He'll probably be playing catch up again. So there's a good <laughs> True, chance he right. could throw another six, yeah. but I got to go under there. So Aaron Jones, he's coming off a huge week, uh, just showing the league. Hey, put the ball on my hands. This is what happens. I've been saying it the past couple of years, I was a little iffy this year because, you know, the 50-50 split right. with him and A.J. Dillon, but he, he showed, give me the damn ball, I make things happen. Higher or lower than 70 rushing yards this week, uh, going up against Tampa, he had 132 last week. Yeah, that's a that's a low number. Interesting. I that seems spot on, but I'll go under because I think Tampa is just I think Tampa wins that game. And I think they're gonna do it in a sloppy way. Yeah. I, I originally had this number at 90, but I was like, that's easily under there. 70 is yeah. a tougher number, especially if he gets a couple of big runs. It already puts him close to it. Uh, but I don't see it happening. Tampa's defense is just absolutely menacing. So I'm going to go under there as well. Zeke Elliott or Tony Pollard, same backfield. Who has more fantasy points? Elliott last week uh, had 5.9. For Pollard, sorry, had 4.2 in week one, but 19.8 last week. Uh, he's trying to show Jerry Jones, hey, get over, get over Zeke Elliott. I'm the guy. Uh, they're going against New York Giants. I think the Giants, as much as I don't think the Giants are that good, but I think they win this one because everyone thinks the Cowboys are now going to go on a win streak with Cooper Rush. I say not so fast in the Meadowlands. Uh, I think you're right, and Jerry Jones should make that move shorter, sooner rather than later. Tony Pollard, I have both of them on one bench, and like neither are cracking my starting lineup because I don't know what to do. I'll go Pollard. Yeah, I've got to go Pollard, too. I was hoping you'd go Zeke, but uh, Pollard's a guy even I talked about last year. Just... It's obvious. Mm -hmm. It is obvious, but they've spent the money on Zeke and they don't want to give that up. So yep. uh, I, I still think Pollard gets it done. He's the receiving back as well. So he's just got, he's got more opportunities in my mind. Uh, give me Pollard there. Tyree Hill or Stefan Diggs, head to head matchup. Who mm -hmm. has more receptions? Hill had 11. Uh, Diggs had 12 last week. Give me Hill. I think the Dolphins defense is not one to be reckoned with or snoozed on either. Um, I think Diggs gets, he's not going to be running as freely as he did against Tennessee. I'll say that. So I'll go Hill. Uh, I've got to go Diggs. Yeah. The, he's obvious number one guy. It's been that way. Last year was a little weird. He didn't get these kind of targets. It was 
probably because I drafted him. Uh, <laughs> I don't have him on my teams this year. So obviously he's going to go get uh, a bunch of targets. What really sucks for me is I'm playing both of these guys in a fantasy league, one fantasy league. I'm playing against Stefan Diggs and Tyree kill. So rest in peace, my fantasy team. I got to go <laughs> Stefan Diggs. Uh, the, both those guys, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun matchup, but I got to go Diggs. Uh, I think that's how the Bills get up in this game. Uh, it's throwing to Diggs, throwing him a couple touchdowns. So then sure. we've got Garrett Wilson and Drake London, the rookies that are apparently sensations from last week. Who's got more total yards? Wilson had 100 last week. London had 86. Wilson's going against Cincinnati. Uh, and London is going against Seattle. I like the Jets this week. I don't know why. Uh, something's going on in Cincinnati, and uh, I, I'm moving Garrett Wilson into the bench, uh, off the bench, into the starting lineup after his 30-point performance. Um, who's Atlanta got again? Sorry. Atlanta has Seattle. Yeah, that's right. I think that's going to be a crap game, so I'll go uh, Wilson. Can't. I got to go Wilson as well. I can't go against an Ohio State guy. Of course. Uh, yeah. Love seeing that. And on the subject of Ohio State, guys, Chris Olave got 12 targets last week. I'm liking that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep giving them those opportunities. And they were a lot of deep balls, yeah. which is exactly what he was in Ohio State. Ooh, I'm loving the way that is going to look when it starts connecting. But How about your boys? Speaking of Ohio State, Justin Fields uh, ripping Chicago a little bit. Yikes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't even want to talk about. Justin Fields. I, yeah, yeah. What what was it he said uh, that half the receivers he's throwing to wouldn't even make the starting lineup for Ohio State, something like that. So <laughs> uh, he might not be wrong. How about Darnell Mooney throwing up a couple of goose eggs, cutting it oh, up? Yeah. Speaking of, if you have Darnell Darnell Mooney, drop his ass. He had zero yeah, in yeah. week one, zero point six last week. Had one catch for negative yards. Uh, fade that yeah. guy. Let's move on to the tight end position. Tyler Higby or Zach Ertz, more fantasy points. Higby had 14.1 last week going up against Arizona this week. Ertz had 15 and a half. He's going up against the Rams. So head-to-head matchup again here. Which tight end helps your fantasy team more? I think they're both going to be just right hovering around 10 points. Um, I'll go Ertz. Okay. I'll be willing to take the difference here. I'll go Tyler sure. Higby. Uh, like you said, they're going to be close. I do like Zach Ertz more. That's why he's on two of my fantasy teams, and I really hope he does outscore Tyler Higby. But for the sake of being different, they're so close. I'll take Tyler Higby here. And then how about a – not a dud, not a Kyle Pitts dud at tight end, but TJ Hawkinsox. <laughs> higher lower four and a half receptions he has yet to break four receptions four and three in weeks one and two he's going up against minnesota this week it's because they got more weapons now with your boy amon uh i'm gonna go under i think the vikings defense is gonna come to play and again they're gonna be looking on the outside rather than over the middle uh i really wanted to go under but this would be three different for us so i'll take i'll take higher than four give me five i think he's due uh I'm not going to say like other players, he is the best player on that offense, but possibly Minnesota figures out, Hey, Amon Ross St. Brown, that guy over there is pretty damn good. We're going to double cover him. Maybe it opens up Hawkinson more Yeah, hoping for at least five. So I'll take higher than four and a half there. 
that is it for this week. Uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to tie it up, but I'll, well, I might, I'm only three off. So yep. we'll, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully uh, I gain some ground on you here in prop bets. Hopefully edgy out in DFS as well, but uh, that's it for this week, guys, go follow Dylan Corbett uh, or go follow Dylan at Dylan Corbett on most social media platforms. Check out his content on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I saw you're possibly starting to do some golf content as well. Yeah, you know, I've been, uh, I love golfing. Uh, I've gotten kind of serious about my clubs and I've got like a swing bay in my house here. So, I, you know, I love the game. I could golf every day if I could. And I'm slowly trying to get better. So, and I've got, you know, equipment. So I'm kind of trying to do like, you know, live holes and see if I, I broke 90 last year, 85 this year. I'm trying for 80. And just keep trying the road to par, I guess you could call it. There you go. That you just made yourself a whole nother yeah, playlist hey, of channel. I because I, I like viewing golf content on uh YouTube too. Like good good does a great job. Oh, yes. Uh those are those guys are great to follow. I like uh Busta Jack, which is uh down in Dallas. Those guys are cool. And yeah, I'm a I watch golf every weekend on the PGA tour too. So it's uh I'm obsessed about it a little bit. Thought I'd bring some content. Who's your uh, favorite good, good golfer? We'll get that out of the way as well. Dude, I think it's uh, it's the two guys that look together. I like Grant a lot. I think Grant's fantastic. Uh, I like I like Micah, too. I guess Grant and Micah are probably my two favorites. How about you? Uh, I like Bubba because uh, he's, he, he feels more like the odd man out. He's not as good as everyone else, but uh, yeah. sometimes he just hits some great shots. He, he just tries to muscle the ball, and I love it. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really like Bubba, but... Uh, that is Dylan, and go check out his golf content coming soon. And uh, check me out on his podcast, Corbett's Corner. Uh, and then tune in tomorrow for the week two recap, week three thoughts, and catch my picks. Uh, I wouldn't listen to my picks. I'm not doing so hot in those yet this year. Uh, but it's been a weird couple weeks, so yep. I'm going to turn that around this week. But thanks for joining, everyone. Thanks to Dylan for being on the show. And... See you tomorrow. We'll see you next week.